0: The views expressed in the following podcast episode do not necessarily reflect that of the host or of the show. Views and opinions expressed by the guest are their own. Also, this is your only political trigger warning before diving in. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome to Void of Transmissions. I'm your host Jason Brazier, and today I'd like to welcome to the show country and folk singer and songwriter and TikTok sensation from Memphis, Tennessee, the man in pink, Pink Williams. Pink, thank you for being here.
1: Howdy, thanks for having me.
0: Now, I want—I discovered you via TikTok, and I'm. The thing that really stuck out to me is you. The first thing I thought of was you reminded me of old school Johnny Cash or you know um, the country folk singers of like the '60s and like Bob Dylan. But you were singing about modern issues and yeah. very, very witty, uh, fun songs with a good, um, good uh, message and uh, and it gets it, it gets people fired up.
1: <laughs> Man, that is the goal. I mean, I think uh, there's a lot going on right now that gets me fired up personally and uh i'm kind of tired of people not getting fired up you know like it seems like every time there's a big historical thing in history there's always those people that say like it's not a big deal it'll be fine no i'm sure it'll be fine and they're Mm -hmm. fucking always wrong they're always wrong it's always a big deal someone's always gonna get you know their rights taken away and in the 60s and i mean even like folk music started with people like Jimmy Rogers singing about working class folks in a way that working class folks had never heard in Mm -hmm. music about, you know, about them. That's why he became so popular, like in the twenties. And then that just evolved into, you know, you got people like Johnny Cash singing about everything from, you know, robbing parts from your factory to build your own car or beating up your boss, like the song Oni is one of my favorite songs because the whole thing is just like, I work really hard and my boss sucks. And the day I retire, I'm gonna punch that man in the face. And people were writing about, I mean, Woody Guthrie Mm -hmm. during World War II was writing anti-fascist songs Mm -hmm. that are, when I play them, they're considered radical today, you know? And and he wrote it in like the thirties and the forties. And I just, I wanted to bring that back like i wanted more of that because mm-hmm. people like pete seeger and uh, woody Guthrie have said that messages get pushed through better in song they they, they reach more people in mm-hmm. song versus just going up and talking you can go up and do a speech or something and people might remember a couple phrases here or there but if you go up there and you sing a whole song rhyming with like cleverly or whatever you know you sing something that makes people feel it and think it and they go home humming the words remembering the words and mm-hmm. it's uh you know it's the difference between like boring church and church where it's all music and you get to sing and you know get, get with down it. it's yeah. it's more it hits you in the spirit more and I just wanted to I really wanted to see more because I knew folks were into the old music I mean I kept hearing people doing covers of these old songs, like all you fascists bound to lose and, and you know, we shall overcome and, and Phil Oaks stuff and all this like old, you know, 60s stuff that's really great. But I thought, like, are we just going to keep covering the old songs, like they're still relevant, but why don't we take what's relevant about those songs and apply them to to today. And it just so happens that uh, I really like playing old time music. So, you know, it's, I'm not great at like shredding the guitar or you know, I'm, but I'm pretty all right at playing like honky tonk
0: music. (laughs) You know, and that's what, that definitely comes across. I think that um, you nailed it because this is the first thing I thought of when I heard you. And um, would you mind telling us a little bit about how your journey came, what your journey was to becoming a musician?
1: Yeah, I, I've always been really into music. Uh, My folks were Like for my generation, they were a little old, you know, they were both uh, kind of baby boomers and really into like 60s music and the Beatles and Simon and Garfunkel and stuff like that. So I grew up really listening to a lot of different older music from like rock and roll to early rock to folk and two part harmony. And my dad was really into Doc Watson Mm -hmm. and uh, and we used to you know, listen to old folk songs and that sort of stuff in the car, like driving to school uh my dad used to play guitar and banjo when he was younger but he he, uh kind of quit but he always as soon as we were old enough to like know that a guitar existed he was like putting them in our hands and like come on guys learn how to do it just like john and paul come on let's do it rock and roll and he uh he really he really influenced me into uh learning all this music so I, i started singing and playing when i was about six uh i did theater for nearly 20 years uh, before I decided to like primarily record music. And really what happened was, is uh, I'd been writing music for different projects and sometimes just for fun, writing random little songs with my friends. Uh, And my brother is in a psychedelic rock band called uh, the Lee Vanderveer Project out of uh, Sonoma County, California where we grew up. And uh, he he used to let me come play with his band sometimes and I, you know, I'd sing like whiskey river by Willie Nelson. And it just hit me. It's like, I never really thought that country, um, like when I listen to modern country, I I don't sing like that. So I didn't think that I had a place in it, but then I moved to Tennessee for an ill-fated relationship, uh, which is a, that's a long story. I actually wrote a song about it. Uh, multiple songs about it. But, uh, when I moved here, I was just so immediately, uh, taken in by the um the music culture and the history of it and the history of like sun records yeah. and the early rock stuff and early country and rockabilly and all this stuff and i had started uh making tiktoks a little bit before i moved and i honestly it was it was almost by chance uh somebody uh, uh, a guy ran a karaoke night at a at a local bar i used to go to uh, in california and he would always give me these like very flashy clothes that he had like ordered from uh Chinese fashion websites like these really loud crazy clothes and one night he gave me this pink uh like Elvis type jacket black collar pink and I went home and it the only thing I could think of was like pink Williams Hank Williams but pink Pink Williams and it just kept kind of like going through my head and then I started writing sort of like more satirical like like funnier songs that would be you know the same kind of like fuck the nazis kind of vibe yep. mm-hmm. but you know i was doing more of an accent kind of leaning into the fact that you wouldn't expect like a country song to be about that yeah and yeah. then people really liked it and in, in a non-ironic way people were like this is good music and so then i just you know i put out an album and another album and then i sort of realized that people were taking it seriously so i found my own you know i i sort of went away from like a character of this cowboy mm-hmm. guy to like yeah. my own voice and my own
0: mm-hmm.
1: the the things i think and the the way i see the world and how i want to you know the things i care about and the things that i hate and it just uh i didn't think that i would ever be a professional like i'd been a professional singer for years, but I didn't really think that I would ever make my entire job writing and singing my own songs. Yeah, and it really wasn't until I found my voice in that way, where I figured out what uh, what my priorities were and and the kind of songs that I like to write. Which uh, I, it's okay to be funny. You can be funny and still say something really, really serious. And I think about like Phil Mm Oaks, Phil Oaks. He was a contemporary of Bob Dylan, never got as famous or as rich or as popular, died pretty poor and, you know, committed suicide. But he's got some of the like the most groan inducing sort of fuck me. That is how it is, isn't it? Kind of things. But then you laugh like his song. Love me. I'm a liberal that just tears apart the idea of these like weak progressives that don't actually want to change. They just want everything to be nice. And that song is still relevant, even though he's just name dropping things like Medgar Evers mm-hmm. and, uh you know, Humphrey and all these sixties references, but like you just change a couple of references and the, me- the message is exactly the same.
0: same. Yeah. Uh, well,
1: and once I realized that I, I could do serious and funny, some songs, funny, some songs, serious. I mean, Johnny Cash does that, did that, you know, like he, for every, Folsom Prison Blues there's a song like you know A Boy Named Sue which is just really really a funny Shel Silverstein poem Mm -hmm. and you know that kind of stuff just uh I don't know it inspired me to see uh to see that I didn't have to like pick one mood or genre and just stick to it Mm -hmm. and so I kind of found I find an inspiration from all kinds of music everywhere from you know, obviously old country music from the twenties and the thirties and the forties and the fifties and the sixties, but then obviously the folk music from the sixties. And then a lot of like beach boys, you know, I used to be in a barbershop quartet
0: in really? high school. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I, I still know how to split four part harmony in my head. So a lot of my songs, I'll do these sort of Brian Wilson, like stacked harmonies with oohs and ahs. That, that's awesome. And sometimes it's pure rockabilly. Sometimes it's, Pure blues. I spend mm-hmm. a lot of time on Beale Street uh, oh, yeah. listening Beale to Street's blues because awesome. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, one of my favorite local bands that I'll, na- I'll name drop because they're cool. I haven't gotten to see them in a while, and I'm sad I haven't. But uh, it's uh, Vince and the Plantation All Stars. Hmm, uh, if you can up. find them, find them on. Uh, I think Vince Johnson and the Plantation All Stars. Uh, but they uh, look them up. It's uh, he. You know he blows harp like Alan Wolf and it's awesome. awesome i mean you know but that's, that's the awesome. kind of i like the kind of music that makes you really just give it up and either you're dancing or you're just fucking yeah. screaming in anger or <laughs> crying like i love emotional yeah, music whether it has a message or not i mean you know i went to go see uh four in the strange band and the goddamn gallows and the wailing banshees at a, at a, the high tone cafe here in memphis and it's like Sometimes you can't understand the words when punks are singing, you know? It's just like and I didn't even I don't care. I didn't even care yeah. at all. So I was okay. you know, my neck still hurts from headbanging cuz it's just good.
0: <laughs> no, I hear that. And I'm I'm a big believer in that art meets you where you are. So I think that's why a lot of songs cuz like I grew up on the Eagles. My mom and dad listened to the Eagles. I listened to Garth Brooks yeah. as a kid and nice. My brother plays guitar, and I and he taught himself guitar, and I taught myself to play drums. And one of my fa- our favorite things is to play the blues. When we ever got we haven't played together in years, but I know what you're talking about because back when I used to go to church years ago, um, I played in the praise and worship band. And when you when everybody gets into it, or even whenever I was playing with my brother, when you get into it, you just feel it. You just yeah, you know, you just go with it. And I don't care, like you said, I like one of my new favorite bands. Some people don't like them. I just I, and it's because I discovered them. By hearing them first and not looking at them first, if that makes sense. That was the band Ghost out of Sweden. Ghost, oh. Out of Sweden. Yeah. When you see them, you're like, man, this is going to be like thrash death metal. And then when you hear it, it's like 1980s, like Bon Jovi esque stuff. And I was just like, (laughs) I was like, this is awesome. (laughs) You know? Yeah. I love that stuff. And music in like film, because I'm a filmmaker by trade. And so I understand the importance of music in how it can help convey a certain scene and convey um, a certain emotion or the lack thereof um, as well. Wow. Um, so I totally, I totally get that. And um, what is the first song you remember creating?
1: Mm. Oh, that's a good question. Well, it's probably not the first because I started writing songs as you know, in poetry as early as I can remember. Um, but I do remember that in like sixth grade, uh, I was going to this elementary school called Strawberry Elementary. And I rewrote the lyrics to Strawberry Fields by the Beatles mm-hmm. about the school, like Strawberry School Forever, um, which in hindsight, it's gotta be the cringiest nerd, like who the hell sings? You know, that's like Beach Boys, be true to your school level of, of cringe there. Like that's super, you know, rah, rah, sis goombah. And you're in elementary school like oh, you're not even a person yet you know um is there a I,
0: secret recording of that somewhere
1: <laughs> oh probably <laughs> I'll blow my brain's out if i ever find it i it would be the end of Williams. i'll be so sad no what's actually you want to hear what gets even cringier
0: what's that
1: so uh, i was gonna i was performed it live for the school on the last day of sixth grade
0: mm-hmm. and
1: originally i was gonna be performing it with like my one of my best friends who was a very good guitarist mm-hmm. like as a child, he was a prodigy, right? He could already play classical guitar. Great. Oh, wow, that's awesome. And he had to drop out.
0: Oh
1: I don't even remember why. I don't even remember why. Um, but the principal played guitar. Okay. So he joined me in front of the school. I okay. sat down with the principal of the school and played <laughs> Strawberry School Forever. I mean, people liked it. That's what was what was unexpected, is I was kind of thinking no one was gonna like it. And people were like, oh, really clever. Now, I mean, I'd already done theater at that point. Um, but that was probably the first, like, I was really into Weird Al. Oh, who I've always it? been re- really, yeah. re- really into Weird Al? I got to see him at Graceland uh, this year. Oh, and oh my man, God, awesome. Jesus, that man puts on a show. Gotta be, I mean, the whole band has got to be one of the most technically skilled performing groups I've ever seen. I mean, they can play any genre and it's like the, like seeing it, it was the, uh, the tour, the, um, what's it called? The, uh, the dangerously, uh, self-indulgent, ill-advised vanity tour or whatever. Uh, it's probably saying the name wrong, but it's just them doing, it's just them like stripped back, you know? And oh my God, like you really just see how crazy it is that these, they're all like 60 or older too. They're all old now. And like, they started out as punks, which I didn't even know. Oh, wow, they started. Weird Al was playing in punk, like shitty punk venues when he started, that's... which makes sense, I guess, because he yeah. kind of is punk rock in a way. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're singing like rock and roll on an accordion. But uh, so, yeah, I was really into parodies and stuff when I was younger. I used to listen to mm-hmm. the Dr. Domeno show. I was actually Ooh. on the Dr. Domeno show recently. That was a goal that
0: was. Oh, that's awesome. Boy. That's I, awesome. He's still
1: doing it. That's great.
0: He's that's still great doing hear, it, man. That's awesome. Yeah, you it's awesome. A,
1: like online drdomeno.com or something, uh, they have, like, they do it as this, you know, radio show, and they still do the top five and the top ten, and they still play new funny music, and I was really lucky, uh, last Christmas season, uh, I wrote a song about Krampus, like a spooky rockabilly song about Krampus, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, this guy, Ian Bonds, who's a a satirical musician, a parody musician, and he's the, uh, he's one of the, like, what do they call him, uh, uh, moderators of like the, the group for Dr. Domeno he found that song he thought it was so great that he submitted it himself oh wow like, usually people submit their own like I'm submitting for the top 10 my song he was like no I'm I'm submitting it and I and it got on the show and like Dr. Domeno himself
0: hey here's Pink Williams with
1: that's Grandma awesome and I, I literally couldn't believe it I mean I almost cried because that was that's like awesome. when Weird Al knew that he had a career in funny music it was the first time he heard himself on Dr. Domeno Mm -hmm. and it was right when the Weird Al movie came out too so all these people suddenly Dr. Domeno again and I was like guys check it out he's alive and he's still doing it man he's still doing it (laughs) but uh, yeah so I I started writing kind of parody stuff a lot uh, and then I was writing plays and uh, and I did try to write some pop music when I was like 19 Uh, I, I dropped out of college so I was basically taking too much acid and I went nuts uh and when i got back i was like i know it happens (laughs) happens to the best of us um but uh when i when i got back i was just sort of floating around smoking weed didn't really like know what the hell to do with myself and uh my buddy quinn who he's not all my friends are prodigies which is fun my my twin brother was a guitar prodigy i'm not i'm like the one guy that had to in a room by himself go really work at it yeah um but my friend quinn would come over and he always wanted to like play piano with me and he told me to start writing you know songs with him and he would do like a pop kind of four chord progression and i wrote but even then the lyrics were always weird like i wrote one called i saw my ghost today i don't remember i only remember like one line but it was like i saw my ghost today he smiled at me and ran away and, it's, and, and it was just set to like, kind of like a beat. Like, I don't think anyone would ever actually listen to the way that song was produced. But, uh, and then me and my brother, uh, you know, cause like when we lived in the same house, his room was right next to mine and he had a whole home studio built in his room that he put together himself with like little synthesizers and MIDI and the whole thing and uh-huh. an organ and a bunch of stuff. So he would bring me in there and we would do like covers together. You know, like Beatles covers, Simon and Garfunkel stuff. Like we've always sang really good close harmony, uh, because we've listened to a lot of the Ever- Everly Brothers growing up. Uh-huh. Um, and then, really, the first time I started like writing, writing like on on the regular, was uh, I had been, I I, I started producing a show on YouTube. Uh, that's it was kind of like the Muppet Show, like I because I build puppets as a side mm-hmm. hobby, um. And so I, I like, it was this whole, uh, it's, if anyone wants to look it up, it's called Weiss Films. That's my my actual last name. Uh, 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 but it was just like a weird sort of sketch comedy uh, puppet show. And one of the characters in it was uh, this like hippie yoga guru, like ketamine guy. Mm-hmm. And I wrote a song for him about getting high. And it was really good. It was like a really, really, it was actually... Like a groovy song and then i just started thinking i could probably write more songs i wrote a disc track for oscar the grouch it was like uh, <laughs> i had this one puppet that lives in like the great american garbage barge or whatever
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh so i had him do a diss track against the other famous trash puppet uh and it's and it's just it it comes naturally to me if i'm being honest writing that's great anything poetry grips speeches like it's one of those things that just kind of comes to me and when it doesn't come is the worst which is why i got an adderall prescription um because that (laughs) shit helps uh yeah i hear that that. i tried to i tried to write a goddamn song about the adderall shortage uh i
0: saw that the other day i laughed pretty hard that. i was like couldn't do it It couldn't come out that that uh, hit hard
1: (laughs) that Um, video was uh my partner sarah suggested it because i was so damn depressed that i couldn't mm -hmm. do my job i was like sitting on the couch crying and they were like why don't you just write like a joke about not being able to write a song and I was like there it is that's something that's work I can do my job now
0: that was Uh, hilarious as soon as I now
1: we're kind of
0: thriving (laughs) well um, and let's see here so the one thing that you have hit on is a lot of uh, and you kind of touched on it already but a lot of the stuff that's happening politically like with the lgbtqi um, yeah. crowd and what's going on here in america so um and i can't even remember what the first video was i saw that you had you had said something in fact i just now saw your alpha hall video just randomly mm-hmm. now finally before that was i was yeah i was i was i was like how did i miss this one <laughs> that was hilarious um thank you but the um thing that was really interesting to me is you really really get under some people's skin yeah and some of it's hilarious and some of it it's like oh calm down guys i mean how do you i've been
1: getting death threats for nearly three years now like almost every day
0: yeah and sometimes they're
1: anonymous and sometimes they're not sometimes people are like here's who i am if i find you i'm gonna kill you you know like sometimes people are just that brutal and sometimes people are just like Hiding behind some racist meme and they're just like,
2: <laughs> shoot you.
1: But uh how do I deal with it? Yeah. Um, well I think about they w- wouldn't say that, that shit if I wasn't doing something. Yep. Right? Like the comments that bother me more are when people pretend that I'm ineffective. When when people will comment, nobody cares, asshole, or like you suck at singing or something. I'm like Like, that's more, and that's the the annoying part. But when people are like, fuck you, commie, I'm like, okay, I threatened you. And all I had to do was sing a fucking song. Yep. Yep. And most of my songs are kind of funny. So it's like, I told some jokes, and the crowd that's facts over feelings, you're too sensitive, they fucking lost it? Well, who's sensitive now? I feel like one of the, I mean, beyond just writing music that people like, which is in itself, it's wild to me that people enjoy the the music I write. You know, I never mm-hmm. really thought that, that was going to happen. But beyond that, the thing that really blows me away is that I've essentially I serve as a consistent proof that these people are full of shit because mm-hmm. I do. Can I act in a shirt. similar way. Yeah, I should. Goddamn, I should. I need to make new shirts. I uh, I literally. Like, I will intentionally act like a troll to the right. Mm -hmm. I will say things that I know piss them off. I believe them, but I know they piss them off. I I mean, I got a pink mullet and I dress like a 1960s country singer. All the things they like, I'm stealing from them because I hate them and I want them to feel pain. I want them to feel sad Mm -hmm. because that's what they've done to us for fucking hundreds of years. But I just do what they do better. Because I'm smarter than them, I'm more clever than the average idiot troll, right? Like mm-hmm. they'll just comment the same nonsense over and over, oh, whatever. Let's go brand or some shit, and then I like take a couple minutes to look at their profile, figure out who they are, and then embarrass them, and then they just stop. Mm-hmm. So that the main way, the main th- way I deal with it is by realizing that nobody would be that mean to me unless I had literally triggered them into their fight or flight. Mm -hmm. amygdala response of like i gotta fucking i gotta protect my worldview ah and that is fucking hilarious that is fucking and like Mm -hmm. that there's two sides to my job there's the side of like singing what i think so that people feel like what they think is heard someone Mm -hmm. understands it someone gets it Mm -hmm. representation feeling like there's hope or Mm -hmm. at least being able to identify the problem right and then the other half of my job is pissing off these Nazis. It is just making them every goddamn day feel so fucking uncomfortable mm-hmm. that they turn into gibbering toddlers, which is what they do every time. It's what Donald Trump did every yeah. time. Mm-hmm. You get under their skin, and it's not even hard. Like, all they got to do is write a five-second song about why Elon Musk sucks. And these dudes who aren't even getting paid to show for Elon Musk will fucking lose their minds. And it's... <laughs> You know, like, I I never thought that I would enjoy essentially being a troll, but when you're a troll for a positive reason, I mean, it's not necessarily positive to consistently piss off, like, a good portion of the the American population, Um, but at the same time, the only other option is to fucking kill them all, so, like, They should consider themselves lucky that they're just getting made fun of because Mm -hmm. in in every other country in history, when a fascist regime takes over, people try to kill them, you know, Mm -hmm. stomp Mm -hmm. them out, which is, you know, they're doing, they've been doing it to us. So you get to a certain point where you're like, why are you so mad that I'm singing a little funny song Mm -hmm. My rights? I should bury you, you know what I mean? And that's how I feel. And so they, it's my way of getting my anger out. Because I don't really want to go to jail. I wouldn't do well in jail. I'm disabled as fuck. I'm yep. super disabled. Uh, you just wrote and, some new lyrics. Write that down. Oh man, I know. I wouldn't do good in jail because I'm way too fucking crazy. Uh, but I, uh, if I can't, I mean, I'm. I'm. Look, sorry if this is gonna put you on, on an FBI list, but uh, I do believe the day will come where anyone who can. It's gonna to have to take up arms. I do believe it. I do believe it. I mean, you've got Pete. You, we were talking about Missouri before we started. Folks in every country, in every state in the South, right now, are going as hard as they can to make it okay for queer and trans people to get killed. They're just as hard. I mean, they're and to be honest, black folks, mm-hmm. indigenous, anybody that isn't a fucking straight white Christian,
2: mm-hmm. they
1: are targeting right now, and not just targeting. With words and with, you know, like like those assholes have done for 50 years where it's just, we don't, we don't think they should, blah, blah, blah. but now it's like, nope, Bill, 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 Bill. And I think anyone that studies history needs to start looking at what was happening in Weimar Germany, in the Weimar Republic, uh, right, right at the beginning of the Holocaust, because it's the exact same thing. You know, it's them targeting queer performers and people that don't subscribe to traditional gender roles, dehumanizing them. And now we see in Florida, you just straight up take the kid. Oh, your kid's trans? They're going in the cage now. You know, they've gotten to that point. So if all I can do right now is make these people so insecure in their beliefs that maybe they question it, that's a win for me. Or maybe they shut the fuck up. That's the other option. Maybe they realize Boy, I look really dumb.
2: Mm-hmm. I
1: look really, even if I still believe, even if they still believe all that crazy shit, they look real stupid when 30,000 people are like, are enjoying this video. And then five people, they're like, you're full of shit. It's like, well, yeah. you're outnumbered. You're yep. just fucking outnumbered here, guys. And uh, my goal is that we will outnumber them in real life, too. Uh, we'll see mm-hmm. when that happens.
0: Yeah. Well, and like I'm starting uh, to get all serious there. Oh no, you're fine. This is what <laughs> this is all about, Man, We're good. It's all good. Well, it's just like you know, I'll, like you had posted here a week or two ago about somebody. You you took a screenshot of what they had posted, and I commented to the guy, and the guy ended up apologizing. Cause I was like, you didn't have to listen to the song. Yeah, it's just like when people start attacking movies. You know, my favorite thing was like Jason, why? you know growing up why why don't you make a jesus movie i ended up making one but it's really funny how that came to be it's a different story for another time but (laughs) um um very low budget silent film-esque thing anyway but i digress the whole idea is like well why are you making scary movies you know they're scary for different reasons now because they're terrible but (laughs) you know it's like they want you to fit a certain mold and if you don't do it they kind of get mad about it my first feature-length movie was an hour-long western called the moneymaker which is on youtube people can watch it and i had to cut this scene out Uh, i do too i love period pieces as well and the uh, moneymaker was very much inspired by spaghetti westerns but i made it take place in the midwest i called it a midwestern you know and um fucking funny And because people were like, I don't see the deserts. Like, What what the hell do you want me to do? I'm a, I'm just a freshman in college. I'm not going to drive my car out to the desert and film this stuff. I can't do that. You're telling
1: your story. I know what you you want to, you want a movie about deserts, go write a fucking movie about deserts, man. I get that shit constantly, dude. I get people. Well, first of all, it's always wild when somebody comments some shit, like, like just saying they don't like it. I'm like, do you understand that when you comment, you are telling the algorithm to put nothing but me on your fucking for you page, guys. Like every time they they comment or they stitch it and they're like, this guy's a fan. It's like, okay, well, uh, welcome to my, welcome to the fucking Redneck Union now. You're going to get this every goddamn day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but people will comment, like I had a guy literally yesterday,
2: mm-hmm.
0: some
1: kid, right? I can tell he's a kid because he's got two videos and they're both memes about some fucking video game he plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the guy said, this, it was a comment on a clip of my recent music video for I Don't Think I Like This World We Live in, mm-hmm. my newest single. Yes, uh, yes, and the, yes. the guy commented, This guy isn't country. He just likes playing dress up. And I said, Well, you don't really get to decide that, kid.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then he said, Yes, I do. And I was like, No. And he replied, You're not a cowboy. You're just pretending. And I hit him with the, well, then, Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings, Hank Williams, Hank Williams Jr.,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Hank Snow, every famous country singer, they're mm-hmm. not real either. Yeah. I think Johnny Cash picked Cotton when he was a kid, but, like, he didn't, he wasn't a fucking professional cowboy. Yeah. Gene notch Aut- you know what I mean? Like, the only mm-hmm. reason Hank Snow, one of the first famous dudes dressed up like a cowboy, he fucking, he worked on a fishing boat. Mm-hmm. Canada and he mm-hmm. just really liked Jimmy Rogers I mean every famous country star since the 20s mm-hmm. since Jimmy Rogers who was even just he was taking little bits from Delta Blues and just mm-hmm. adding like white people yodely shit to it you know but every since him mm-hmm. every country singer has tried to be someone else mm-hmm. that's how it is it's part yeah. of people try to pretend it's four chords and the truth no there's
0: mm-hmm.
1: a the creative process you know you can't really define country that simply it's a massive genre it's a mm-hmm. i mean there are it's like punk would oh, somebody yeah. say something as stupid as like yeah punk is this and nothing else it's like dude there's like 18 subgenres of it you know what i mean like yeah. Yeah. you got old time you got western swing you got country blues you got blues you got early rock country rockabilly you got country country like Nashville sound from the 60s you got the modern pop country which is just basically trap music with an auto-tuned dude from fucking Kentucky singing over it Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and that is just the ones off the top of my head like I could pull up a list of the genres and just because they don't think that I I mean and I ask him I'm like so what the fuck is country to you Mm -hmm. because I like you said I I'm inspired by Johnny Cash Hank Williams Sr. That's the mm-hmm. kind of shit I write and sing. So if if you don't think that's country, mm-hmm. the fuck is country? Oh, you, what yeah. Morgan Wallen? You know, it's like fuck. Especially these days. I mean, it's like people. I, I I tried to tell this dude that Morgan Wallen the other day. I made a you know joke about Morgan Wallen, which got re- I did not expect forty thousand people that like that stupid.
0: <laughs> it's always the
1: stupid jokes, like a one liner I make about something that people will just go ape over, ah, fuck mm-hmm. me, couldn't, couldn't be my music, but um, this guy was getting mad at me for calling Morgan Wallen pop country, and I was like, where do you hear Morgan Wallen when you when you hear him on the radio, what station is it? It's the one they play at the gas station, right? They don't play underground hits at the gas station, they play music that literally any fucker walking in is gonna go, oh, I know that song, for the two minutes they're in there,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. It's like, why are we pretending that this guy who sings highly produced pop music
2: mm-hmm.
1: about country experiences, how are we going to pretend that isn't pop? Mm-hmm.
0: You know, That's it's like idea. people don't
1: understand genre. And it's one of the, I mean, I'm like very neurodivergent. And one of my my special interests is like knowing too much about music, about history of music, about when and where and how and who inspired who and what genre. So hearing people that are like this is the genre and nothing else. It just drives me nuts. Oh, no, like right. I won't call yeah. Morgan Wallen not country music. But he's country pop, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like you can't mm-hmm. pretend that like there's a there's a fucking like electronic beat under it, you know? Like that's it's like these people are ashamed to mm-hmm. like what they like. And yeah. it's kind of a classic right-wing thing. They're racist, they don't want people to call them racist. Well, then don't <laughs> Be then change. Like think about the way the world is and adapt, fucker. Or like you know, it's like you don't find Taylor Swift fans getting mad when people call Taylor Swift pop Mm because it is. Mm -hmm. And they, I mean, you can't say shit about Taylor Swift without the Swifties going ape on you. You know, and it's like they, they're they're wild, but at least they're not ashamed to be like, yeah, I like girly pop music. Mm -hmm. Just fuck, I love. They own it. I love like Primus. Not everybody likes Primus. Mm-hmm. If somebody mm-hmm. told me Primus was awful, I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, Primus sucks." Uh, yeah, uh, they know that. That's why they rock. It's like, yeah. Did people tell Tom Waits that he was a bad singer? Probably. Mm-hmm. Did mm-hmm. he stop? No, nope. no, nope. By the nope. way, there's an impression I, <laughs> I I started learning. I was on a tour with this folk group from Canada, Walker and Wild. And I'd already been doing like a Tom Waits impression for a while, but they really like Tom Waits, so I spent like the whole couple of weeks we were on the road just doing Tom Waits the whole time, like young Tom Waits and old Tom Waits, because like young Tom Waits sounds like Heath Ledger's Joker,
0: mm-hmm.
1: where he's like, yeah, so I'm writing a song about uh, heroin and how much I love cigarettes, <laughs> and then he gets <laughs> oh, turns into this sort of oh, oh, kind of thing, you know, it's like. Uh, mm-hmm. One of my favorite things is to take songs that aren't Tom Waits songs and then sing them like old Tom Waits. Because he's just got like it's always kind of jaunty and weird. So I'm trying what's a good name like a random, what's a random song that Tom Waits would never fucking sing? Maybe um, uh um I like, oh, I got one. How about uh Dust in the Wind? <laughs> okay, yeah, that's good. By Bob Dylan. He'd be
2: like, Oh many rooms must a man walk like it's it's
1: just insane they, but yeah. god, I love, it. god <laughs> but I love it
0: no it's okay it's kind of like me and like i i fell in love with experimental film and surrealism in film like during oh, yeah, the pandemic yeah. man some people are like i don't get that i'm like man i i did it in college but i get it now it makes sense to me in my brain where it's at now you know i yeah. get it
1: um sometimes it just scratches the itch even if it makes no fucking sense like how, that's how oh, david yeah. lynch has a career
0: Oh yeah, You're oh, like, yeah. I don't know
1: what the fuck's going on, but I love it.
0: Yeah, it was like in quarantine. I got on Amazon and I ordered Eraserhead. I ordered <laughs> Louis Boonwell, yeah. uh, Louis Boonwell films. I, I Dude, I showed it.
1: Eraserhead to my partner uh, for the first time the other day, and they mm-hmm. were so disturbed. They were
0: just—it's like, <laughs> a nightmare, man. It's what a nightmare. What's going on? And I just kept being
1: <laughs> like, "Yeah, I'm not going to tell you what's going on." And then when it was over, they were like, "What was the point?" And I said, "Exactly."
0: Yep, it's a nightmare. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes your mind uh,
1: creates spectral visions. You know, it's like there's no fucking way to explain what the hell David Lynch is doing. It's be like the guy meditates a lot and he smokes a lot of cigarettes. Just watch the movie. You know, this is
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, that's, that's, that's that's pretty much it. And I love it that um he was in an interview once and said that Eraserhead was his most most spiritual film. And the interviewer goes to elaborate on that. On that, and he no. Goes, no. No, no, I won't. <laughs> it's so fucking funny,
1: dude. Or like he, how much he, mm-hmm. he hates when people like this is clip of him talking about people who watch movies on their phone, mm-hmm. and he's like, "It fucking makes no fucking sense. It's fucking bullshit. How <laughs> could you watch a film on a tiny fucking phone?" Like he's so angry. About <laughs> I it. know. I, I One of my favorite that. things about David Lynch is his like righteous crazy anger when he's like, you know, just fucking do this fucking who cares like he's so, <laughs> who fucking cares how long a fucking scene is like yeah i just want to that's how i want to be in my life it's like not mean to people but just so i over it like he yeah. meditates so
0: much that the, the the normal things fuck all that he's over here somewhere you know like, yeah oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah he's way off in the distance you know and he's got some new show he's supposed to be shooting i don't know if it's done yet yeah i've not heard this it's on imdb it's called unrecorded night and it's like 13 episodes but they haven't like released it yet or it doesn't have but it's done by his twin peaks production so i'm wondering if it's (sighs) like uh like a connected to it somehow but i don't know give
1: me more twin peaks (laughs) don't explain anything but give me more twin peaks you know i know my i gotta fuck i gotta tell my old roommate now because him and i watched all of twin peaks like four times in a row (laughs) Oh, it was man. like right when the pandemic hit we were like fuck it let's watch twin peaks and then we just did that over and over, <laughs> and, over, and, over <laughs> and over oh man i still we... have so much of that show committed to memory now and it's just like like every time i meet someone who gets it i'm like thank god because no one <laughs> you know no one fucking gets it even the people that love it don't get it
0: <laughs> oh yeah i know right um i don't well, think
1: david lynch gets it half the time
0: i don't even know if that's true i think he just dreams it up writes down his dream and films it honestly yeah <laughs> and why would you explain any of that shit to anybody who's like what's the movie about he he may not even know (laughs) he just just recorded it and said this will look good on film you know i just grabbed kyle mclaughlin and laura dern and i said go Ah. (laughs) Um, yeah there was one of his that i haven't seen and i guess criterion's getting ready to release it It was called inland empire
1: that movie's crazy
0: i've heard that and it's fucking crazy I, i never got to see it but the criterion collections um Doing it and gonna release it.
1: Oh, good. God and bless him probably, to your end. Oh, absolutely. Now. Honestly, God bless him. Like just oh, yeah. every time.
0: Half my collection. Fucking, is Classic. Music. I uh,
1: not to admit to a crime. <laughs> I, what do I fucking care? My roommate and I pirate, or used my old roommate and I would just pirate. Like, I mean, fuck the dude. Bought like a gaming computer so mm. he could use it as his television and store thousands, thousands of categorized movies and television shows and every time the criterion collection releases one we just find it and pirate it and we're like we but we're like yeah go criterion thank you we have no money we're not going to give you any money but
2: yeah keep doing it like,
1: the, the, the problem with being like a fan of media when you're broke as shit you're just like i guess i have to steal this but like please keep making it
0: yeah no i yeah uh... <laughs>
1: Actually, I was okay. talking about that band, Walker and Wild. Uh, they're of the uh, the sort of like Abby Hoffman perspective of like steal our music, mm-hmm. which I, I like really ideologically want to be there, but I got to eat, man.
0: I I, I got to eat, yeah.
1: and this is my job. So it's like, it sucks. I want to be like, yeah, fuck it. Just make your own merch. But I'm like, no, no, no. guys, yeah. please. Yeah. No, Everything's too it. goddamn expensive. And I hate well, it. Yeah. I hate capitalism, but it's like, what am I going to do? Not participate? It's yeah. called being homeless that's what not participating is is they put you out mm. and then you got to go live out there and they don't let you be in a house anymore yeah. so it's like ah. yeah you gotta find that. the most annoying comment i get is like
2: oh yeah i hate capitalism well nice iphone
1: i'm sorry what did you do you want me to go be a fucking hermit i know right it's not gonna change the system at least if i have a phone i can go on there and be like fuck you guys like what am i gonna do, just sit in the woods by myself Every time people do that, anyway, the CIA ends up shutting them down. (laughs) Or they end up being crazy. uh, Or both. So, you know, I'm not going to start a fucking commune. You know, one day we'll be growing cabbages, and then the next fucking day I'm going to be looking around with like 17 sister wives being like, what the fuck happened?
0: (laughs) This was chill. When did we get all the
1: M16s in here? What
0: the fuck happened? It would probably be AR-15s, wouldn't it? Oh, Uh, Jesus. For that. (laughs) Yeah, no, yeah. The
2: government won't let me have an M16.
1: They took my bazooka away. <laughs> you know, and I love guns. Like, don't even get me wrong, I love guns. But like, mm. there's a certain point where you're like, "What do you got a boner for this or what?" Like, like you're not, you're not learning have enough you, about it.
0: Yeah, have it's you so seen weird. that? There's a church. I want to say it's out west, or I, I do not I don't know exactly where it is. It's in the U.S but they yeah. literally worship with guns. They are in the, like, it's a cult, and the two people sit up front, and they had crowns on of uh, bullets, and then people are all in their um, pews, like, holding, like, they're all guns and stuff, and they're just sitting there going like this, and I'm just like, I'm all for to each their own. <laughs> Don't get me yeah. wrong. But you're, like, at a certain point, you gotta go, Do you see what you're doing right now? You're literally like what kills me, man.
1: Why would like, let's be honest, right? Mm -hmm. If you're a good Christian, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: one thing should scare you more than anything else. Satan, right? Mm -hmm. The bad guy, right? That should be, you don't want to, you don't want to meet him. You Mm -hmm. don't, you want to defend yourself against him. Mm -hmm. If Satan comes, the fuck is that gun going to do? The fuck is that gun going to do? If you're more scared of, like, the fantasy liberal ghost stealing your guns than you are of, like, hell, then it's not about God. It's exactly. not about yeah. Jesus. Yep. It's about a marketing team yep. for the fucking whatever company is pumping out the newest baby killer. You know, at that point, it's like, fuck, guys, come on. Well, a lot of yeah. these people are just shills. I mean, that's the whole thing with the with the right wing, every single aspect of their their politics right now, the whole culture war is they're finding ways to get people to shill for them for free while also giving them all their money. Just like the fucking big mega churches. It's the same thing. It's like, how can we get you to advertise our ideas, our message, and our product without paying you? And in fact, you're going to fucking fill my bank with all your savings. It's Mm -hmm. the same shit. It's Donald Trump being like, if you send a dollar, you'll get a commemorative Donald Trump butt plug. And save me from the liberal agenda. It's like, what the fuck, dude? Like you're just a shill. They're just all shilling.
0: For Sorry, that free. was a good, that, was, that was a good impression. <laughs> oh man,
1: I I fuck. I was supposed to play Trump. Why well, I did this uh, back in California, uh, like right in the beginning of the election. My buddy wrote a Bernie Sanders action film, uh, and I got hired to do the makeup for him and to like be in it and help write some jokes and stuff. Mm -hmm. And had Bernie won the nomination, the sequel that we had planned was going to be a James Bond type sequel where the James Bond villain is Donald Trump. And it was going to be like me in a swivel chair with the whole costume and everything doing like, I'll get you, Bernie. I'll get you. You'll see one day. Believe me. Believe me. (laughs) Like, so I literally like I I learned this impression and then Bernie lost (laughs) and I'm like, ah. Gotta use it, use it somewhere. And, uh, i did yeah. I, I got to use
2: uh
1: i got to use the impression in a video one time uh someone an old dude i knew wrote uh, a christmas album parody commercial mm-hmm. you know like yeah that's what i call christmas but it was like donald trump's christmas album and like we came up with a couple <laughs> parodies like uh you better watch out you better not cry you better not pout. i'm telling you why Immigration's coming to your house, like that kind of shit. Or one of them was like, you know, grandma got run over by a Muslim, like that kind of shit, like just really terrible, hacky, you know. Well, that's probably my favorite thing about doing Trump is because he's so insane that it's just like you get to Galaxy Brain for a second and just say any weird, insane, rambling shit that just. As long as you get into that character of, like, I'm God, nobody else is right, I'm right, it's terrible. We don't kill politicians like we used to, man. We just don't. We just don't hang them up by their ankles with their shitty partners and laugh at them. We just don't do that anymore. And uh, maybe that's why fascism succeeded.
0: Why do you think that is?
1: Oh, I know why. Americans are full of crap. That's why. They're ideologues with no backup. Uh, and it's been like that since at least the founding of the country. I mean, we didn't come, we didn't colonize this land for religious freedom. We didn't because the religion that we founded in the country is more tyrannical than the church of England ever was. So that's a lie. We did it to take, right? Just more, more for me, please. Thank you. I want to be an empire like that one we left. Like they said, they were against empires and then they founded an empire. So from the get go, America has been all talk, no fucking truth behind it. Take the Civil War. They were literal traitors. If America's a real country with real ideals, all those people probably would have been killed. You know what I mean? If the union matters, if the government believed that the union, matters they would execute people when they seriously damn and I, and I don't even believe they should have that power necessarily but if they believed what they said if all that shit lincoln said he actually believed they wouldn't have been pardoned germany didn't pardon they had the fucking nuremberg trials sure some nazis escaped and then built our rockets werner von braun but uh They made it pretty fucking clear in public. Televised, photographed, don't do this. You will die. The state will take your freedom from you if you fucking act like this. America's too chicken shit to ever do that to anyone white. They'll do it to everyone else, but the second that it's some straight white guy, they're like, what about freedom, though? Nixon was pardoned. Yeah. Yeah. If I swear to fucking God, if Biden pardons Trump, he's on the list. You know what I mean? I, that, don't think- I already hate the guy. Don't give me a reason. Don't give me another reason, Joe. Don't give me another reason, man. Because like when the rich are getting eaten, there's not a lot of meat on that old pterodactyl Joe Biden. But Christ, people have been lining up for that Biden buffet. I swear to God. Come on, man. Hey, folks, don't eat me, please. I'm the president. Uh- oh, God. <laughs> it's the same shit. It's being ineffectual, which is funny for a totalitarian state. It's weird that they're totalitarian so what do you, pussy about it, you know?
0: Well, what do you say to some people? Because some people, like right now, we have people saying stuff like, I'm a proud Christian nationalist. And if you go back and look up, and I even did an episode on Christian nationalism with Hemet Meta from the Friendly Atheist podcast. Nice. and um, if you go back to the history of that word that it goes back to the 1950s i believe with by with a guy named Gerald L K Smith mm. and Gerald a. L K Smith is the founder of the Christ of the Ozarks statue in Arkansas <laughs> and the Great Passion Play in Eureka Springs mm. and i was i had just learned about him when i was working at a news station in Springfield and one, I was talking about it, and one of the, the news director uh, – not the news director, but he was the assignment editor, Bill Tatum. Love Bill. Great guy. He used to do uh, – he interviewed this guy. He goes, I interviewed that asshole. I was like, oh. <laughs> and wow. he said he was up at a thing in Ozark, Missouri, talking about his great passion play he wanted to do. And so I asked him about that. But then I asked him about everything he did in the 50s. Uh, they did not, he did not like me after that because he was trying to – shed that but you can't really shed it when you started pu- pushing it but the thing is if you actually look up look him up Rachel Maddow did a good like a really good uh, segment on him on her show like last year and she actually played one of his um speeches and if you close your eyes and put somebody else's voice from the MAGA movement there it is verbatim what they believe and you know so what do you say to people when they're saying we're not being extreme because to me like when you see the stuff in florida some people are like this is not extreme and it's like you guys are trying to ban books too
1: my answer is you don't say anything it's over that time oh fuck that was done a long time ago once america invited Nazis to join our government after World War Two.
0: Project Paperclip, I think that's what it
1: was Yeah, fucking yeah. over. There is no talking. There's no, you know what I mean? Like that's one of those those liberal ideals of like free debate. Fuck a debate. Fuck that. You don't debate somebody who thinks that the totally normal, appropriate way to think is that all trans people should be killed or yeah. deemed transitioned or put in prison if you think that what the fuck am i gonna say to you that's gonna change your mind there's nothing yeah Yeah. it's like the reason and here's the thing the u.s government knows that they didn't show up with handshakes to waco Uh they didn't they brought guns that's how it goes they get it that's why that's why we know that they like it because if they didn't like it they would execute them all. Yeah. Fuck, it took them no time to kill millions I, of Native Americans. It, fuck, it took them, It's there's a machine built to do it. The machine is just waiting there. You know what I mean? The whole organization is just, oh, who's the new, Muslims? All right, get the cages. They've been doing this for 60 fucking years. They've been doing this since FDR sent all the Japanese Americans in internment camps. It's the same fucking system. Yeah. They just don't use it on white people unless they're trans now, or queer, I guess. Uh, Or or it's starting to even turn where they're getting mad at white people, straight white people, for interracial relationships even. They're they're just tearing it, they're tearing everything they can down because they, well, it's really, it's it's the the whole thing that their entire politics is wrapped around. It's the exact same thing that Hitler said. It's the replacement theory.
0: Mm.
1: It's the idea that if we allow people that are different than the culture to freely and openly express themselves, then our culture will die, which has never been true historically. And it's Mm -hmm. pretty fucking arrogant for any American to say that when there is no such fucking thing as American culture without taking a little bit from every other culture, every other European nation, fucking Africa, India, China, Japan, everywhere. We -hmm. have taken language, food, culture, clothes, ev- music, every little fucking thing that we can usurp and call American, we do. But then we can't handle the idea of the culture not being owned by us. You know, that's mm-hmm. the real thing. It all comes from the same place and they just change who's replacing them. Yeah, You can convince a, bu- convince a bunch of cisgendered women
0: mm-hmm.
1: that trans women are going to replace you. What, now the new Nazis are liberal turfs. They're still fucking Nazis. They're still Nazis. They're spouting the same ideology, repackaged with a yoga mat, but it's the same shit. It's Mm -hmm. point out the enemy. It's always because of their race, gender, sexuality, religious beliefs, Mm -hmm. or leftism. It's something a lot of people forget about Hitler. They called themselves the National Socialist Party. Mm They were not socialists. They were, in fact, anti-communism, anti-socialists. They were literally openly. That was the main goal of Hitler, was to eradicate communism. And to him, the Jews were communist. Trans people were communist. Romani people were communist. Yeah. Anyone that's the enemy, they're communist, right? Yeah. No fucking difference than what recently fired asshole Tucker Carlson has been saying about the Marxist woke agenda for the past nearly a fucking decade. It's li- it's the same ideology, repackaged and sold. And it's the mm-hmm. same thing as the daughters of the Confederacy rewriting American history to make it seem like slavery was real good and that the, the good old boys in the Confederacy weren't totally traitors. Mm-hmm. And look, I don't fucking like this country but a traitor is a traitor. You know what I mean? Like if you try to overthrow the government, don't lie about it. Like I'd have more respect for the Confederacy. If they were honest, if they were just like, yep, my grandpappy loved owning black folks. And he fought for that. I, even if you agreed with him, at least you're not fucking lying about it. It's the yeah. same thing with these Trump people that say, I'm not racist. I'm not homophobic. I just think all the gay people should be uh, home and I shouldn't have to see them ever. It's like, don't be a pussy dude don't lie Mm -hmm. tell me how i'm not lying i say exactly what i fucking believe in front Mm -hmm. of anybody Mm -hmm. and sometimes i get threatened sometimes i get hurt whatever but these people are so they know they're wrong they they grew up reading the bible they know that jesus
0: wouldn't like this shit they know that if they didn't they wouldn't pretend they're not doing it you know yeah do you think the we're getting to a religious conversation too here (laughs) Um, down the rabbit hole we go um A lot of the MAGA, not everybody, but the majority, it seems like, um, follow. Jordan Klepper put it best. He was at a rally. He's the guy that hosts the, he does all the stuff on um, comedy. Yeah, he's the, yeah, I like him. Always going to the MAGA rallies and kind of lampooning them. He went to one. And it was about um, Trump who was it was during the indictment thing was getting ready to happen or yeah. befo- or it was before that and he was blocking people from testifying. And she yeah. goes, if, if if he hadn't, you know, if he really had done this, he'd be trying to block people from blah, 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 blah. And Jordan Clepper yeah. goes, y- you realize that he actually is trying to block people right now. And she was paused for about a minute. And then she just looked at him and said, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. And to me, I think, for me, personally, I feel like that's where I have my big, like, where the biggest fault happens, is that I call it the fear doctrine. No matter whether it's using weaponizing religion, or if it's weaponizing politics, or whatever, you, people are told taught to fear everything. And Oh, no, they're going to come for my guns. You know, they yeah. that's always that's been a thing forever. Um, it's always a go to line. And. um, it, it goes back to the religious side of it, where, oh, if you don't. Follow Jesus and do this, you're going to go to hell, no. which I'll be honest. Um, they told when I was a kid at the church, I was going to my parents or my, and my family didn't tell me this, but some people at this church did when I was a kid and they were like, you know, if your next thought or breath isn't for Jesus, you're sinning essentially. Well, you tell like a eight year old that, and I started realizing that, Oh shit, I haven't prayed or whatever or thought about. It, and I would start praying, asking for forgiveness that created OCDs for me that lasted up until yep. probably my, um, college years I have what I call flare-ups now but um, as soon as I stepped away from church 95 percent of those things just stopped because my mind automatically like yeah. uh, uh, matched that and so to me this this fear doctrine is the same thing well there was a lady a lover to death I didn't say anything to her this is years ago before Trump and something was happening in Springfield and this I'm sure you've heard of James River have you heard yeah. of that church? Yeah. Um, yeah. There was a big toe incident here like a month ago. Anyway, but um, they were trying to hand out, I think they were trying to hand out like signs to put in people's yards of how what people should vote on. And I was like, that's not right. That's not what I go to church for or anybody should go to church for. And she said it in this most sweet way. And I bit my tongue. So, because I didn't want, she was a sweet old lady. And I just didn't want to argue with her at that time, because I was, I was in the beginning of my deconstruction. Yeah. And because I could have a conversation with anybody, I don't need to yell at them. And at that point, I was just trying to figure things out. But anyway, she said, "Well, Jason, I have to have some uh, somebody at church like tell me who the godly person is to vote for." And I thought in my head, "That's part of the problem, because yeah. you're not thinking for yourself, and that and they're using the Bible and church to manipulate you." And when yeah. I started seeing that from you know people. It just really ate at me, and then when 2016 came along, and you saw it get kicked into like shift into overdrive, I yeah. was just like, "I'm done. Like, I can't do this anymore." And it, you know, and then I went on my wild uh, uh movie binge of movies I was told never to watch as a kid. And uh oh boy, <laughs> yeah, and it's been uh, what
1: I've been doing with my partner. My partner grew up uh, in a religious cult, and I've just spent the really? constantly being like, "You never saw SpongeBob?" What the fuck? And they're like putting oh, on SpongeBob, you know? SpongeBob's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, SpongeBob's I, the best.
0: I, the first one I went and bought was Last Temptation to Christ, the one that Martin Scorsese oh, did. That was so man. Yeah, and that was uh, I. And people are gonna not like this statement, but I enjoyed that more than I ever did Passion of the Christ.
1: Passion of the Christ is a shitty movie. Um, it's a shitty movie. The thin plot, and ninety percent of it is just. Don't those Jews and, look scary? You know what I mean. Like it's not that well, and he, good.
0: And here's the thing: I had not watched it since 2004 when it came out. Oh my god! And so my wife and I are actually thinking about going back and rewatching it through our new lens, just to see what we actually see yeah. and not what we were, ex- you know, expecting to see. You know, yeah. and yeah. watch it through a new lens. But I like I, I liked uh, Last Temptation of Christ because it humanized Jesus, and that was always yeah. my question. Yeah. Was, I, 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 that's why like, I like Jesus Christ superstar. Yeah, that's a great Star one. Really, too. Like,
1: you know, it's the same thing. It's like, why would we worship somebody that isn't, doesn't have a personality? Like, mm-hmm. you think Jesus just walks around, just like, I'm Christ. I'm the Christ, everyone. Hello. I'm the Christ. Worship me. No, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> you know, and I love yeah. the idea that, well, like, historical Jesus versus Republican Jesus.
0: Yeah, white like Jesus. Fucking
1: night and day. It's like, oh my god. Like you took a guy openly decrying the rich, openly calling for like a a, a table ter- flipping fucking revolution of Rome, of like getting the Romans the fuck out of like. No, no, it, no. He he loves America. America didn't fucking exist when he was alive. I mean I doubt yeah. that he knows what America is. I, I don't you. know how heaven works, but I doubt he's sitting there watching this fucking reality show, going, "This is good. I'm glad all those children are dying." This is oh, a good thing.
0: No, thanks, I know. Dad. It's stuff that I really think about. Like I got in trouble for questioning things all the time. And when I was younger, there was a, um, uh, in my, my wife and I are school, high school sweethearts, so we were in this That's Sunday cute. school class together, and <laughs> the person who was our Sunday school teacher. Who's was a scientist, mind you. Started, I don't even know how the tangent happened, but they went off on this whole, uh, that the, they believe that the dinosaur bones were put there by the devil to throw us off of Jesus' track. And everybody in the room who's in high school was going, oh, okay. And I'm looking at my oh. now wife, and I'm going, I have a question. <laughs> so if we can touch it and it's tangible. Yeah. And we can learn from it you're saying that it's not real and i don't i mean we had a back and forth it was a, it, you know we weren't mean about it but she said we could talk after it. i don't even really know if we did but i was just blown away by that mindset um, um but it's that type of mindset that you see now with a lot of people i have a friend who's a former pastor and i think he still does some preaching but um One of my best friends, and he and I were talking. He he grew up as a Republican. He knew I was liberal, but the thing is, he and I have always had respect for each other. And he would sit there and he'd bring something up, and I'd bring something up, and then we both would be like, you know, that's an interesting thing. So what about I had thought of it like that? What about this? And we would come to our own conclusions. And sometimes we would kind of change our opinion about something just because we talk. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. before Newt Gingrich came into politics. You, people can look this up. He was the one who really started that whole wave of, like, extremism. It's our way or the highway. Make them look bad. It's a great podcast about that that um, I want to say MSNBC did. Um, and it's an audio podcast, and it's great. But—and Steve Kornecki is the one who wrote it and produced it and narrated it. But anyway, I digress. So you've been—man, we've, we've been everywhere, haven't we? We've really traveled a long <laughs>
1: A lot of stuff. Everywhere. That's why one of the reasons I love doing interviews, because I just, uh, oh yeah, I can't shut the fuck up. I'll just start <laughs> saying, you know, going on a total tangent about some crazy shit for 20 minutes. My favorite.
0: Oh, me too. You know, um, that's why I wanted to start this, because somebody saw my interview with Guy Madden, and they were always like, hey, you should just start doing interviews with people. And I was like, all right, I'm bored right now, and I need to do something creative while I'm up here. You're a good uh, interviewer. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Good at it. Um, so let's talk about what you're working on currently. How is your sure. new album coming?
1: Oh boy, it's coming. You know, it's coming. Uh, my albums always take a lot longer to produce because I do all of it myself. Like I I play all the instruments normally and I I have to multi-track it and I master it myself. Uh, it's goddamn. it takes a long time. Um, but I have something like eight out of the 12 or so songs that I'm going to put on the, the LP. I've got eight of them done. I might have to redo some of them because, uh, I started performing the tunes live and would discover new, like, oh, that's so much better to play mm-hmm. it like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck, I'm gonna go delete that 12 hours of work I just did and start over, <laughs> Yeah, uh, which is just like what I did for my uh, my single, uh, I Don't Think I Like This World We Live In. Like I I recorded it and it sounded like, uh, you know, like a Tom Waits kind of song, like real, uh, like kind of shuffly drum, just a little faster but still that spooky kind of vibe. And then I was playing it live and I started playing it slower. Just, I was like drunk, I don't know. I just started playing it a little slower. And then I was doing it with a, with a drummer that had just joined in. Like I'd never even met the guy before. And he did like a halftime drum beat, more like modern rock, kind of like.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it just turned the song into this totally different like reggae kind of thing where mm-hmm. it was more bouncy, like boom. Mm-hmm. And just because of that, I went home and I fucking redid the whole song. Another, you know, 15 hours of studio work in this, my little studio here, just doing it again. Um, I keep writing. The other thing that's annoying is I keep writing new songs. Like I was, uh, I was out of meds for a while, so I was just like sleeping all day. (laughs) And then I got my meds back and it's just, I've been writing like these, you know, I wrote the fucking Donald Trump song. I wrote. The one about Tucker Carlson. I wrote uh, a rewrite of All You Fascists Bound to Lose. Like I just started pumping out these songs again, uh, which is usually how I write. It comes out like one after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other, and then it's like album. But this one has probably been the most, like some of these songs I wrote a year ago Mm -hmm. and I've just been sitting on them. Like, "Ah, I don't have enough for an album. Don't don't want to release them as a single. Uh, You know, I don't know what to do um but this album uh i am incredibly proud of it my partner is really proud of it my my buds that i've played it for in the industry are really they've all told me they think it's going to be the thing that gets the most people to listen to my music Uh because it's a shit ton of different genres on the album like from rockabilly to straight up like folk to rock to almost metal you know like like some of the ends of my songs i've recently been exploring uh screaming and getting sort of the like like the gutturalness of it because it's uh, you know, I'm not uh, I'm no longer scared to sound ugly when I sing because if I'm singing about something fucking ugly
0: make it you effort. know,
1: might make my voice crack might make me a little fucking <laughs> about it and uh, mm-hmm. so I feel like I've been discovering a lot of new um, there's a lot of anger on the album too, that's probably I mean, you know, there's some funny songs and some sad sort of environmentalism songs but then it's just a lot of it that it's that real righteous anger of like are you going to fucking put up with this anymore I'm not Mm -hmm. and that's I I feel like it's it's helped me process a lot of the way I feel about stuff Mm -hmm. like now when I go to Walmart and I see that everything is fucking three times more expensive than it was the last time I went to Walmart my lyrics pop into my head I start thinking they raise the price of the things that we need because they know in the end we're going to die or pay and it's uh, it's helped me. It's like therapy for me, honestly, this album. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't feel any better about the way things are going. I mean, it's still fucked, and it's getting fucked uh, every goddamn day. Mm-hmm. Getting more and more fucked. Uh, but this album is one of the clearest uh, lyrically albums I've ever put out, where it's very like, this is how I feel. Mm-hmm. This is how it is. Fuck mm-hmm. this. Like, real... Real straightforward. Yeah. I did write um my I have a, a new song on it, uh, called The Great Big Blue Sky, mm-hmm. which is like a seven minute long environmentalism song in like Marty Robbins kind of style. That's cool. And yeah. That's one of the more poetic things I've ever written, where it's like mm-hmm. it's not just sort of describing something, it's like a story about the evolution of man and its relationship with the with nature and with animals and the way that we fucked it all. Um so there's a lot of different stuff on this album. A lot of stuff that's uh pretty different to what I've put out before, but then a lot of stuff that's just like a more clear, more you know, better produced version of stuff that I've sort of always sung about. Um but I do think a lot of people are gonna like this one that haven't heard my music before mm-hmm. because every time I've released like a video of mm-hmm. one of the new songs, I get a couple thousand new followers.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. people who have
1: never even heard of me and they're like holy shit this guy fucking gets it and the number one comment is probably johnny cash i get that almost i mean 20 times a day every day i get people being like this guy's like johnny cash which like, i can't complain he's my fucking favorite yeah you know it's like if mm-hmm. it's like if people call me hank senior i'm like good well shit i changed my fucking name because i want to be like hank <laughs> oddly <laughs> enough i felt bad uh i'm i'm ai i'm friends with uh with coleman williams from four and the strange band he's a three's son Mm -hmm. he's a really nice guy by the way he's so kind and and very generous and thankful and you know like i'll come see his show and he'll thank me i'm Mm -hmm. like the fuck are you talking about like you just did two hours awesome but uh i was worried about calling myself williams right because i'm not a williams technically Mm -hmm. and a lot of people think i am a lot of people will ask me are you kin to hank and i'm like i I, i've started calling myself the pink-haired stepchild (laughs) <laughs> yeah, where I'm like, I want to be. But every time I talk to Coleman, uh, him and I have the every time I've gone and seen one of his shows, we get to have these great conversations where he talks about like the way he views the, the family tradition and the way he views what's going on and the way he thinks about, you know, what's good and what's not great about the legacy and what's not great about Nashville and the way that they treat the Williams legacy and also politics, because he's very punk. He's very you know pro freedom pro queer progressive like he you know really really cool dude uh, but people like him help me realize that like I don't have to impersonate I don't have to try to make songs that sound exactly like some guy that I like I can mm-hmm. take the little bits and then do whatever I want mm-hmm. like he's got one song that starts out super I mean it sounds like his you know his great grandpa it sounds like fucking Hank senior. And then he starts doing screamo in the middle of it. And it's like, you know, and it gets fucking cold. And so I just, uh, this new album is kind of my first attempt at uh, changing up the, the general vibe. While still, I mean, you know, I got talking blues songs on there like Johnny, like I always do. And I got, you know, pretty folk songs and angry ballads and all that kind of stuff. But it's uh, it's like m- just a little different, a little a little less uh, old school, a little more more instruments. Mm -hmm. more electronic instruments or more not electronic electric you know like electric bass and me picking guitar and stuff um that's the main thing i got going on i'm gonna put out some more music videos uh Mm -hmm. i have a music video for i don't think i like this world we live in that's out right now on the pink williams youtube channel uh -hmm. it's a post-apocalyptic sort of nightmare b movie like the vibe is like 70s you had me at (laughs) post-apocalyptic yeah it's very i i actually went i drove around Memphis. With my partner and our friend uh who are, we're the, the only members of this broken country records uh that i started uh, and we were like driving around the city trying to find um you know doing like location scouting mm-hmm. and we just lucked out that in the past i mean it's not lucky for for them i guess but, yeah uh, in the past couple months i mean like four houses burnt down yeah a bunch of buildings closed and so i you know i was able to shoot in two different like burnt. completely burnt down houses, houses uh, yeah. and you know found neighborhoods that had been abandoned oh wow and so there's streets full of garbage and mm-hmm. burnout cars and shit i mean memphis like it, it, like most of the south uh the, the fucking the government does not care about us they're not cleaning the streets they're not fucking fixed in the telephone poles I mean, it's been like that since the Northerners came over in the 20s to mine our mountains for fucking oil and coal and everything. And then as soon as they got what they wanted, they bailed. And all those cities just collapsed into the ground. and mm-hmm. became, you know, back, they were unincorporated back into the forest. Uh, but it's always been like that. So it wouldn't, you know, the idea of singing a song about, look around you, this fucking world is going to end. It is falling apart around us. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that hard? Walking around any major city in America, any urban city, you will find the destruction. You will find the streets lined with people in tents. You will find garbage fucking everywhere. You will find the, the actual structures of society crumbling. Mm-hmm. And it's
2: all because the
1: rich won't share. They will, they will do everything they can to rig the system all around them, making more money and keeping their money. Mm-hmm. And it all starts from there. That's what sucks. Even religion it costs money to build a church.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I mean? Everything is wrapped around capitalism. It's wrapped, and not even just real capitalism. Like, I made a thing. Would you like to buy the thing? Oh, yes, please. That's capitalism. I don't really like it, that's fine. This is the system where if you're not rich, you're not even a person. You are a tiny little cog in their machine, just going around making them money. And when you don't wanna work hard for no money anymore, well, they just raise the price of everything around you and blame the workers. Mm -hmm. Blame us, oh, it's your fault. Nobody wants to work anymore. That's why everything is now five times more expensive, even though it's cheaper to produce. And who gets that money? The fucking CEOs. Every time. I forgot what company it was. Some piece of shit lady in, fuck, I don't know, Ohio or something. She was like the, the CEO of some company. She refused bonuses. Gave herself like a $4 million bonus. And then she tried to, someone in an interview was like, what would you say to employees that questioned that? And we're like, Why? She didn't even care enough to come up with an actual answer. It was just, fuck them, basically, you know? It's just like a polite way of saying, I don't fucking care. They're Mm -hmm. the workers. This is my business. And I think that that has pretty much destroyed every single shred of fucking decency and hope in mankind, especially in America. And every country that directly trades with America has been poisoned by it, you know? And this song is just... If I'm the last man on earth, I'm screaming to God. What happened to the world we used to live in? What happened? What the fuck happened? And uh, there's a lot of songs on the album that are sort of that vibe where it's like, I think things are probably too far gone to save, but what if we tried? What if we started trying for once? What if we actually did something? What if we stopped pumping poison into the water? what if we stopped putting people in prison for anything for fucking any fuck a prison? You know what I mean? Like it's not going to, no prison has ever stopped a criminal from being a criminal. It teaches them to be sneakier Mm -hmm. or to be scared, right? All these little things from prison to healthcare reform to gender, everything is being held down because the rich don't like it the more freedom that the worker has the more freedom that the cogs and their machine have the harder it is for them to buy a new fucking yacht the harder it yeah. is for them to spend seven weeks out of the year golfing in Hawaii like mm-hmm. it just gets harder and harder for them to have no worries mm-hmm. that's all they want is no worries they don't want to have to do anything they don't want to have to think about that's why fucking Steve Jobs people you know oh it's so cool he wear the same outfit every day He's just a fucking dude that wants no responsibilities. It's a child's mindset, you know? You you walk around like, I want somebody to serve me. I don't want to make my own food. I don't want to fucking get dressed even. Fuck that. And so they get so rich that they never have to make another choice in their fucking life. And we ask them to make simple choices. Hey, stop building cars that blow up. Nope. Mm -hmm. hey you know stop stop pumping all that nuclear waste directly into the lake no because that means i'd have to do something Mm -hmm. and maybe lose some money so uh long story short uh this album is a big fuck you to all those people and uh a little bit of hope for us normal folks that aren't you know poisoned by the fucking sickness of greed uh so very roundabout way of saying that this this is a, a very communist album. Uh, that's why the that might be why it's entitled uh, Call Me Cowboy." Uh, that is the name of the album, Call Me mm. Cowboy." I keep calling it Me Country," uh, but that's not the name of the album. It's "Commie Cowboy." Okay. <laughs> I do. I I gotta tell myself that because every time I do a show, my partner ends up screaming, "It's Commie Cowboy!" Because I just keep fucking it up. Keep um, missing it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, do you want to hear? Uh, I could play you one of the that tune I was talking about absolutely
0: here. yeah man I, have, I was getting ready to ask
1: let me oh, I'll try not to <laughs> knock on my shit over as I grab this guitar here this is uh one of my newer guitars it's I got it from uh it's a recording king resonator I fucking love recording king by the way uh probably my favorite guitar company because they make and I'm not sponsored yet but uh, I might actually get to eventually we've been talking about it a little bit on in the DMs but they're like a, a Nashville based company I think that makes these like retro style guitars uh and right now my two main guitars are uh, both recording king and they do like uh you know a lot of like they have a whole series called like dirty 30s where they do these like super 30s kind of bluegrass picking guitars and shit it's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like a free ad i just literally love these guitars like i actually love them so much um how's that sound i might need to
0: That's fine. do what you need to do So i can hear this out yeah. here yeah here i'll even mute so I can hear you more
1: i'm gonna put a little reverb on this mic so i sound spooky Uh, yeah this new mic is sick because it uh it's got like an echo button and a couple different settings and you plug it into an iphone very cool oh that sounds pretty neat okay let's give it a try here
0: all right i'm gonna mute myself so we can hear you and what's the song again
1: this is uh i don't think i like this world we live in
2: I don't think I like this world we live in. Everybody's taken, nobody's given. We break our backs just to make enough to keep living. I don't think I like this world we live in. Well, the folks at the top are getting richer every day. They raise the price of the things that we need because they know in the end we're going to die or pay. They're buying luxury homes and cars of chrome while we're drowning in debt just to keep going on. I don't think I like this world we live in. The folks at the top say nobody works anymore. Why would we want to work night and day just to barely afford to be poor? You can call me a lazy bum, but I can't call that living. I don't think I like this world we live in. I don't think I like this world we live in. Everybody's taken, nobody's given. We break our backs just to make enough to keep living. I don't think I like this world we live in. Mm-hmm. This world of greed and industry will burn. When the smoke-filled sky cries acid rain and the ocean starts to churn. When man and beast have nearly gone extinct, the last person on earth is gonna stop and think. What happened to the world we used to live in? I like this world we live in Everybody's taken Nobody's given We break our backs just to make enough to keep living I don't think I like this world we live in No, I don't think I like this world we live in
1: Sorry if it got a little loud there, but...
0: No, oh, it's okay. That's good. Great. Thank you. Um, oh, yeah. well great, welcome. And I think that's a good way to end the show. And so yeah. I, just, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to oh, chat. Of course. And, um, yeah, um, I look forward to uh, hearing your new album when it comes out. And uh, you, now it's time for Shameless Plug Time. Plug everything you have.
1: Cool. Shameless Plug Time. Oh, let me get that. Echo call off there
0: <laughs>
1: uh. all right shameless plug time so uh if y'all want to follow me uh you can follow me all over social media i'm on tiktok facebook instagram youtube but i was on twitter until i uh, made fun of elon musk too much now i'm not wonder how funny how that happens free speech right uh but i'm uh i'm all over the internet if you google search pink williams music you find all my stuff i'm music streaming everywhere uh this album will be out sometime i'm hoping before the summer uh so then i can like hit up some summer gigs playing this stuff um what else Uh, i mean just you know down with capitalism i guess that's my main plug is
2: uh
1: (laughs) you know if you see a nazi in your neighborhood kick him in the nuts for me you know (laughs) that's (laughs) all (laughs) right
2: that's That's what
1: i'd love to promote i'd love to promote uh punching nazis that's that's what i'm here to promote actually Me on Jimmy Fallon. Hey, what would you like to promote? I'd like to promote a general sense of anti authoritarianism, um, (laughs) communist values, uh, gender (laughs) expression, a couple of things I could promote. And I wrote a song.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Pink, thank you for being on the show. And um, uh, I'll be checking out your music as soon as it heads out. And maybe we'll cut some bass down the line after you've released it. That would be
1: great, man.
0: Thank you. (laughs)